Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here, as always, with my friend Vic Mattis, who is an editor at the Washington Free Beacon and the co-host of the Sub Beacon podcast, which you can find on Patreon. How are you doing, Vic? Well, Mary Catherine, let me just say, sometimes life is the pits. Quite <laughs> literally, quite literally. So what happened was last night, uh, I took my kids to the diner, the Metro 29 diner. Gotcha. And it's it's a it's Greek, you know. So it's Greek, as they say, G R I K. It's Greek. So I wanted to get the the gyro deluxe, the gyro deluxe, and and they had a these oh these little kalamata olives. They really do it well. I bit it. It's it was the pit is still in the olive. Oh no! I bit into it on my left side, not my right side, which has issues. But no, it's the left side, and I cracked a tooth. No, I split it. I split it like an old person, even yeah. though I have very good oral hygiene. The, doc, the, the dentist prevails. Of Vic that, Mattis. I, I'm not, I didn't think I would be that person. I like to make fun of those people all the time. They're getting crowns and bridges. And now I have a crown. What's next? The bridge, the plate. I'm going to get the plate, the dental plate. So I any, I don't know anything about this. This is awful. So I felt that there was no mistaking it. So this morning went to the dentist and the son, young Dr. Cusimano. And he said, I don't think there's any way to save this. We're going to have to extract the tooth. No. Yes. So uh, as listeners are starting their day tomorrow, or whenever you start your day tomorrow listening to this, this amazing show, rest assured, things could be worse because at this very, mo- at this very moment, I am probably in the dentist chair having either the tooth extracted or the bone grafting, as they call it. I don't oh, know what that is. They call it that. And then it's another three months until they actually put the implant in. Oh, um, so then I'm going to be going around for like three months, you know, missing a tooth looking like I always like to see Hillbilly Jim, but really it's Hillbilly Vic. So that is my story. I hope you're doing better. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're doing okay, but I, we were at the dentist today as well. Oh, oh yes. Oh, let me so, guess. Just a regular, just a regular checkup. But I got to say that. First of all, for some pers- additional perspective, I always do like to think about the fact that just having modern dental care in and of itself is such a blessing. Like I can't imagine what people went through before. Oh yeah, what would happen to me? Clean their teeth. I mean, it's yeah. so much pain, so much pain over a lifetime. Yes. Um. Anyway, sorry. We're gonna we're gonna like. It, is there a trigger warning for dental care? Anyway, <laughs> too late. We passed it after bone grafting. By okay. the way, just a little piece of trivia about me, and I and I will not get into the details. But I've had seventeen teeth pulled, so you will get no really. I was going to say, I'm looking at you. Your teeth are gleaming. Like well, there's actually so... wear. I have to wear sunglasses. Yeah. Well, my teeth are gigantic, which was part of the problem. And they came in very, very crooked. I think I might have mentioned on the show before that my four front teeth came in at a 45 degree angle to the ground. It was ludicrous. It was ludicrous. And the dentist- I'd love to see those pics. The dentist and the orthodontist are like, we have to get braces on this child as quickly as possible. So they just started taking them out for me, the baby teeth. Like they were just like, we got to get this show on the road. And then I had five wisdom teeth. So it is what it is. I'm sorry. How do you have five? I'm extra wise. (laughs) So anyway, I spent many, many an hour in a dentist or orthodontist chair over the course of my life. And now I have, I got to get the kids to the dentist on a regular basis, you know, and I used to take them to 
the fancy kid dentist. Okay. All right. I don't know if everybody knows this. It's not like the dentist was in my day. Now they have specific pediatric dentists and you go to the pediatric dentist and they have uh, TVs with Daniel Tiger above the child's head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Distraction. Just lay back and watch. It's probably a massage chair. I don't know. Like there's like, it's like, they got toys they can play with. It's like a rave back there. Okay. It's like, it's a very, very entertaining trip to the dentist. And pre-COVID, they had even like a little theater room where the kids could sit before oh. they go back to the dentist. Okay. This is not like when I was a child. Baths are like this too. Baths have really upped the ante. Baths are, are similarly rave-like. They have like, <laughs> they have bath bombs and they have yes. they have light up things yeah. that go in yeah. there anyway so i realize of course at some point that i'm paying for the extras at the pediatric oh. dentist right it's like i feel like the i feel like even with insurance i'm getting my my bill is like yeah. larger than it should be so i'm like you know what maybe we don't have to pay for daniel tiger on the ceiling my husband steve who is very practical has a no-nonsense you know uh doctor who or dentist who just takes care of the business in a few minutes and sends yeah. you on your way right there's no you're not chit-chatting you're not being entertained they're there's maybe no... not they're maybe not even telling you about every little thing they're doing they're just going to do the thing i was going to say there's 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 no daniel tiger there's no novocaine there's no okay go ahead. <laughs> no I, actually i did i did get my first filling ever by the way i was 41 years old my first filling ever and they did it without uh Novocaine because it was a very tiny cavity, apparently. Anyway, well, also because it's you <laughs> deliver babies anyway. with no no meds. So I decided that we decided together that we could that the children could could tough it out at the no nonsense dentist. So this was their first outing. Oh my gosh! To the to the stripped down dentist, and you know what? They did great. They were not complaining. They didn't need the ceiling. Were they, were they expecting it? And they come in, they're like, hey. No, we told them this is a different experience. This is a different experience. Okay. But they did fine. And I have to say, just I want to pat them and, and us on the back because I had to get my teeth done. And they had to wait in the lobby oh, yeah. or in the waiting room for, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. Yeah. yeah. And they had no iPads. They had one book between them. Old school. They read the book. They were quiet and polite. They didn't bug anybody. And then we left. And that is how you go to the dentist in 1987. And that is how <laughs> I go to the dentist. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you, when you said that, you know, that they would go to the, the fancy dentist. I thought you were referring to sedation dentistry. No. That's what you always hear the commercials for sedate. That, I know, that's the I thing. Know that, I know that some people, some people require that for their dental care. The people who have already tuned out due to trigger warnings, those were the people. Right. Um, the, the anxiety kicks in. So they, they need sedation <laughs> dentistry. And a dental hygienist told me, she said, that is where the money is. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. An anesthesiologist with your, with your oh, dentistry? Yeah, because, um, yeah. Also, I have to tell you, I had, a, had a, an interrupted night of sleep last night. Very strange fashion at this household. So, well, That's I, right. It's unusual. I fell asleep early and Steve comes to bed later and I didn't know whether he was asleep or not, but I was, I was, I was awakened and I look, look up and I'm very groggy because I'm very asleep. It was probably midnight-ish and I'm very groggy and I look up and like, 
my husband is standing on the bed and he is removing the hanging from over our bed. What? We have a, like normal people do, we have like a steer skull, like a bleached steer skull <laughs> above our head. Yeah, like normal people, yes. Like normal people yes. above our bed. It's a very rustic look in there, okay? okay. I didn't realize you were living in Ponderosa. Okay. It's a longhorn skull yeah. above uh, our bed. It has some It has some Christmas garland leftover okay. still on it. Anyway, he's removing it from the wall. And I, again, very groggy. I'm like, what, what are you doing? At this hour. And he, also sort of groggy, it turns out, says, meh. Something like that. Neither of us really fully conscious for this conversation. He takes the steer skull and puts it at the end of the bed on the floor on top of the shoe rack. And I just go back to sleep. He goes back to sleep. I wake up in the morning and I go, what happened here? But before (laughs) that, before that, Vic, and this is an important part of of marriage psychology. Yes, because I have questions. Okay. I, before I went back to sleep, immediately convinced myself that the reason he had taken it down was to screw with me. (laughs) I was like, I was like, he knows that I like that steer skull. Oh, right. And that's why he's removing it in the middle of the night. To be fair, I did not have any other alternatives because he didn't answer me when I asked him what he was doing. Were, Were the lights on? No, the lights were all off. Okay, this is crazy. This is crazy. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, he has it in for me. I'm so angry. He just doesn't like my decorating. Right? These are my thoughts. And then I thought to myself, you're being irrational. I'm pretty sure if he didn't do that just to mess with you, just get some sleep. We'll figure it out later. So we wake up in the morning and I say, what's this about? And he was like, did I do that in the middle of the night? Oh, wow. And I said... Yeah, he's like, I vaguely remember that. Now, here's his theory. Yeah. He thinks he had, thinking through it, yeah. he had some vague memory of <laughs> believing that it was going to fall and hurt me. And so he, he's like, I think I probably, maybe I had a dream and always being threat aware. He woke up like, where's the threat? And he decided that the threat was the, the longhorn skull. <laughs> Is it right over your head? It is over our heads, but no. the physics are such that the pointy, the, the business yeah. end of the longhorn is not, not about to, to get impaled that way. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that would be really living on the edge, but it's not it's not installed in such a way that that would be possible. OK, so he was eliminating threats. Apparently he was he was protecting me and wow. I had the nerve to get upset with him. <laughs> wow. But he doesn't remember much else. No, he just, that was the theory. I was going to say, this could have gone one of two ways. One, (laughs) you wake up and you say, what was that all about? And as you had said, he just doesn't remember or vaguely remembers, or maybe he was true and he did it. The other way is you wake up and it's still on the wall. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Like it never happened Uh, that it was you, that you were the one who was dreaming. Yeah. Nope. Either of us were dreaming, but neither of us were capable of communicating. You're in in the in-between. You're in, we in between we somebody, so, somebody broke out of their, uh, that sleep paralysis that keeps you down. Yeah. So he was out. This what stops you from sleepwalking is the sleep paralysis. It's, it's what people think 
is a ghost sometimes <laughs> like in ghost hunters like oh i'm this force is pressing me down no, it's sleep paralysis so yeah. did you end up hanging it up back on the wall well so he put it back okay. on the wall and yeah. then i said ironically now i'm going to be worried about it because it's it's been there for so long i didn't think about it ever and now he's like eliminating threats and this is the threat and i think to myself is this the threat? is it threat right that's <laughs> dangling over you like the sword of damocles so anyway i'm safe from the cattle okay in good don't good. worry <laughs> thank goodness for that <laughs> didn't realize you had a, a real western theme going on I mean, it's just a little bit outdoorsy in there. Yeah. We 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 like that vibe, which is why I was offended. I was like, "Yes, why would this, you take that?" Out? This decorating is is really geared towards Steve, and then it's taken down without warning. Are there? Are, do you have like cacti? Cacti? Are there cacti? No, but we do have one plant in the room, which is like you know almost dead because everything that I have as a plant doesn't live very oh, long. Okay. We also have a we also have a hat rack that I made him one time out of a like nine foot piece of sycamore or something wow yeah uh, it's hard to explain but it's a <laughs> i i made it for him and it's uh it's woodwork okay I a hat rack yeah. a hat rack because he has a lot of hats uh, he i've seen he wears the he wears like little trucker hats or ba- yeah, baseball, caps. baseball caps somewhere yeah, that's right so they have a they have a place and it looks like a big tree hanging on the wall that's his wall. Yeah, that's right <laughs> we're just we're just living in like a terrarium basically Anyway, that's what's yeah. going on with me. That oh. well, that it it could be worse. It could be, you could be worried about eating, like I am. I know. Well, that, when eating is the threat, I'm going to be in real trouble, and you again, are already. Again, I thought food poisoning was going to take help me lose weight, but no, it turned out <sighs> to be the cracked tooth. So. Oh man, yeah. the comedy of errors this week. It um, is. things truly could be worse, though. You know, I could have protesters outside my home, Vic. <laughs> Don't speak too soon. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So we had this discussion about the protests outside the, the judges' homes and conceding that like people have the right to protest. And when it comes to sort of public streets and public sidewalks, they have certain leeway. There is actually, I read the Washington Post today, there is actually technically some laws that if you are out in front of a public official's house, that that can be threatening in and of itself. And therefore mm-hmm. your rights to protest are curtailed in that place. Yeah. I just wish we could have a gentleman's agreement, gentle, gentle person's agreement that we don't do this. But the the our friends at the White House have decided, no, they're not going to discourage that. In fact, there's a Jen Psaki qu- clip where she sort of commends those protests for not yet being violent out front of the, for not being violent. And then she says, we certainly continue to encourage that outside the judges' homes. And what I think she meant to say was we encourage them to remain not violent but it sounded like she was saying please continue to be at the justice's home yes that's what it sounded like okay but okay we'll play that clip yeah so i know that there's an outrage right now i guess about uh protests that have been peaceful to date and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges homes and that's the president's position then dick durbin you love to hear it dick durbin you love to hear it senator dick durbin who is a democrat the number two democrat in the senate he called the protest outside of supreme court justices homes reprehensible I think it's reprehensible. Stay away from the homes and families of elected officials and members of the court. You can express yourself, exercise your First Amendment rights, but to go after them in their homes, to do anything of a threatening nature and certainly anything violent is absolutely reprehensible. I appreciate that. That gets us closer to sanity. 
I was going to say in contrast to his Senate majority leader, Chuck Schumer. Schumer's like, oh, yeah, people come to my house all the time. It's great. It's not a problem. Yeah, Deal with it all in. Do you think? Again, again, it is true that people show up at Schumer's house. We shouldn't be encouraging it. Yeah. I do not Uh, encourage it for those people. No. Durbin's response, do you think that it's driven by common sense or internal polling? Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he... I would bet he made reference to like many of us in elected office have dealt with this. Yeah. And if we want. Well, it goes both ways. Well, and he said, he said it, something along the lines of, which is a very sensible thought. If we want to have good people run for office, we should set reasonable expectations for how people treat them and that they have a sphere of yeah. personal life, which I think is true because we continue to incentivize the worst people getting into politics. And right. here we are. So it's just. It's not, it's not great guys. Yeah. I feel uh, like, but I, yeah. I appreciate that, that that sort of brings down the temperature maybe a little bit. It does. I, I feel like they were initially, there was like a wait and see who knows they're going to go there and maybe somehow we're going to convince them to uh, flip their votes or something, which is very, that's the weird part because you know, what's, what's the ultimate goal here, you know, protesting outside of Kavanaugh's home. Well, that's the question, right? Is what are, what are we actually attempting here? Because the, and that, I guess, is the legal part of it is, are we protesting? Are we trying to, in good faith, convince them yeah. of our point of view? Yeah, yeah. Are we just making noise, which, again, is fine in on in public areas and certainly outside the court itself? Yeah. Are, we are we trying to are. tell somebody, watch out yeah. if you don't change your mind? Right. Uh, I, I feel like Michael Corleone in Godfather 2, you know, the, the failed ambush, and he says, you know, where my wife sleeps. Where are my children? Play with their toys. How dare you? And so uh, it's it's like you're crossing a line. It's a violation. There there was a small band of handmade hands handmaid's tale oh. folks outside Amy Coney Barrett's house. Somebody joked that there were fewer handmaids, there were fewer protesters than she has children. And uh possibly true. I also enjoyed that they had not only the full regalia, but they also had masks on outside. So just hitting on all silver. You know, yeah. It was the costume worked until you threw the mask on, let alone outside. Um, one of them also said that ACB doesn't understand pregnancy. I think she's she's birthed five children, correct? So it's quite something. And again, I can't imagine what they're envisioning. Are they are they envisioning if they again they're considering this peaceful, even though okay, so we're talking about chance, loud chance. Maybe it's round the clock. I don't know. Are they picturing at some point? You know, Kavanaugh comes out of his house, you know, stands in his front yard, says, you're right. I, I surrender. You know, I give up. I'm changing my vote. You well, and I would hope I would hope and I would hope this of liberal justices as well, even when I disagree with them, that this would actually serve to harden their point of view oh, because you don't, want to, you don't want to give in to this kind of. Now they can't. It's actually that's right. It's actually working in the opposite direction. Well, that's the brief update on the, the SCOTUS. By the way, the leak continues. Wherever that leak is coming from is not plugged up. The, uh, what's the latest on oh, on the oh it's because they said that there's no other opinions as confirmed yet, right? that there's no other too politico correct. Uh, so yeah. Gerstein's still getting the goods from inside. There's uh, the the conspiracy theory, of course, is that you know the amended bill to protect the homes of justices, you know, has been, had been expanded. I think in the right. House to include not just justices. The homes of the law clerks. Oh, really? And the thought—the thought was, why would the thought? Why would the law clerks need protection? 
Well, assuming one of them right. is the leaker. Dun, 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 yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Apparently, there's an investigation. I'm sure we'll get to the bottom. But the marshal is on it. The, the not to be not to be confused with Tommy Lee Jones. No, I don't think I would. That would be great if he was the marshal in charge. I would like to think that Tommy Lee Jones is the marshal at the court. That's right. In other news, Vic, have you heard about the baby formula shortage? I finally have, and it's very disconcerting. Almost all baby news I tend not to follow because it's like having gone through it twice i just it's a stage of life it's a stage of life i don't want to remember these things until who knows maybe if i'm a grandparent then i have to relearn it but this thing came up and it sounds terrifying what's happening so yeah so i've been following this for a little while i don't think we've mentioned it on the show no before. no first it's finally getting more traction and more attention as it should the issue is that there were all sorts of slowdowns with supply line and production in general during covid sure. so there have been there's been less formula for babies over a long period of time right. than there would have been otherwise. People who could afford to sort of stockpiled a bit mm -hmm. during COVID. Then there was a, a shutdown and a voluntary recall by one of the main makers of formula in the U.S. That's Abbott. Abbott, yeah. There was some kind of bacteria found that led to, allegedly led to the deaths of two infants and their hospitalizations for, I believe, two more. They didn't find the bacteria in the Abbott samples, but no. Abbott pulled it anyway to be safe. Preempt. And then the manufacturing site is shut down. Well, it's that place in Michigan, I believe, processes some 43% of formula in this country. Yeah. So it's it's become an issue. They've been shut down since, I believe, January or February. Yeah. So people who have babies and who need to feed them are routinely going, and this is not a, this is not a rare occurrence. Right. Everyone I know who has a baby right now is everywhere they see a can of formula, they just go ahead and buy it. Um, the hoarding begets hoarding. I mean, it, the panic well, begets the panic. Well, and right? it's like it, it used. I don't. This is this is such a. It really is like a. It's like a dark storyline. The idea yeah. that you would be stuck not being able to feed your baby, mm -hmm. and. I have a very forward-looking husband who, of course, was paying attention to these things very early and has kept us supplied, but it takes work to yeah. find what you need. I also breastfeed my babies. I've had very mm -hmm. successful experiences with that. But to the many Twitter randos who say, just breastfeed. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. That is not how this works. Mm -hmm. I have had three very successful breastfeeding experiences with three different kids. They are low maintenance. They don't require anything special. They have no GI issues. They're like, they're laid back, low maintenance kids. It is still so hard to yeah. do that full time. And I supplement from day one mm -hmm. because mama cannot be attached to the baby 24 seven. No. The, the idea that this is some sort of simple solution. Don't you have boobs? That's not a simple solution, guys. <laughs> so yeah. this, is, this is mostly a Twitter argument, but it's like, come yeah. on. So now people are sort of finally noticing and asking, is the president somewhere on this? Yeah. I think part of the problem is that a lot of political staffs and a lot of journalists are out of this stage of life. So they're not they're following like, it. The coverage. Paying attention to, to this, like infants and children are not right. a like, top of mind issue. Well, the president is finally addressing it today. He's like apparently having some CEOs in to talk about this. But he's doing it closed press, and they'll get a readout 
of what yeah. he said, yeah. which is a very strange way to do this event, which could be a very good event if you're like, we need to fix the problem because the babies need to be fed. Right. I think maybe the president's top two priorities right now will be student debt and then somewhere down the line, maybe the formula. But he's going to think maybe he'll do student debt first. <laughs> I, I, Scott Linscombe has some has written extensively on this, actually, I think at the dispatch. And a lot of the problem is, as you were mentioning, the 43% that gets made in this one uh, Michigan plant, the United States makes most of the formula that Americans consume. Yes. So when something happens and we already had a supply chain issue and compounding that was the Abbott withdrawal, the, the pulling off the shelves of their formula, then suddenly you have this situation. You also have tariffs that have been in place for quite a long time, you know, and it started with NAFTA and the USMCA tried to limit it, but it's still there. And in large part, not just to protect American makers of formula, but because there was some concern, I believe, that the formula coming from Canada was actually Chinese and you do not want the Chinese formula. Just we know this from the news that it's right. not, not good. So that that is that is that is one problem. And the other problem is as soon as you see a, a bare shelf with only a couple of cans of anything, yeah, there is a tendency to take them. This is like the toilet paper crisis. And so people start hoarding this formula and it's much different when you're dealing with newborns. And it's much different if you are a young parent new to this, the, the thought that your your child might starve because they're not taken to the breastfeeding and, and a lot yeah. of kids don't. No, I, I can't imagine how stressful this that would be. Extremely stressful. And my kid happens to be right in the age where you would start a few solids. I yeah. have heard of people starting solids before they had planned oh. to because yeah. they need mm-hmm. to add something. They need to get their kid ready. It's a precarious situation and it's one that, Americans don't usually have to contend with. And and I would say on the on the protectionism front, there is there's European formula as well that some people order special. You can sort of get it str- different creative ways. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the fancy European formula. And I bet that's good. I was thinking about the fancy quote fancy European formula. With the front the French formula. Yeah, I was thinking I would take the German one. But the point being, there's always something the government could do proactively that would sure. allow more supply because we've inevitably cut cut down our options in yeah. a way that's not necessarily necessary to keep everybody super safe. Like there are perfectly good products from Europe that are not coming in here, but it's like, can we just open the doors, please? Yeah. You know, you would think the like the pin the the alumni of the uh, pin and phone Obama administration would be willing to do some of those things. Yeah. But here we are, and there's not. It's not a great, not a great solution. Also, formula a little bit harder to make than like hand sanitizer. Everybody, you know, rallied to make hand sanitizer. Oh, the, a little more tricky. Than that's that. right. Distilleries, a lot of distilleries switched over their production, much like in World War II, when a lot of distilleries switched over to making like jet fuel or air, you know, fuel for planes and things right. like that. And this is not the same. You can't just switch from one domestic brand to an imported brand. So this is a very serious problem. My kid, and, my and, kid always know. liked. My kid always liked CVS. Simulac. <laughs> you went with the the no name brand. I was, was like, she, was you know what? She likes what she likes, man. That's right. This, it's another it's another thing where like even just aside from worrying about what your baby's going to eat, even just quality of life things where there might be a certain form of formula that that suits your newborn better. Yes, and you have to deal with less screaming and less right. gas and less. I was going to say sleep. less gas. Yeah. yeah. So if you can't get that, you know, mom and dad are all, uh, you know, just everyone in the house is living a not as great life because you couldn't find yeah. you know, the CVS Similac, which is 
what yeah. Rickon's like. I remember in the hospital, they gave you little bottles of Enfamil. Yes. And that's one, but we never, we, we didn't use that one. And, and that, again, is, that yeah. is one of the options I should say, you know, be careful making your own formula. There's like all, all sorts of weird internet formula recipes going around and, oh, ask your, just ask your pediatrician if they have yeah. samples. Cause that's a good place yeah. to start. They usually have a lot, a lot, a lot of samples. Oh yeah. Take the um, samples. So get some of those. And then I have heard tell of goat's milk, which can be good for babies. That's a real thing. <laughs> okay. Especially those. Well, I mean, you can have, you can, you know, I mean, you eat chev, chev, chevre. So if you can eat, you know, goat cheese. No, it's supposed milk. to be, it's supposed to be good for kids with, with dairy issues with. Oh yes, of course. Of course. Yep. All right. So well, there you go. again, my small thoughts. It's, it's dismal because as you were mentioning, it's not like there's an easy fix right here on the spot right now. No, no. no. Are you excited for Donald Trump to be back on Twitter? <laughs> is he actually going to come back on or is he too well? So <laughs> is he so totally vested in truth social that he won't come back on? He says he won't come back, but do you, here's a, here's what I have. The, yeah. the, the banning, the banning of Donald Trump from Twitter to me is like um, banning smoking in restaurants. I don't agree with it mm-hmm. based on my principles because each yes. restaurant should be able to decide sure. However, do I enjoy the salutary effect on my life? Yes, I do. I cannot deny that. Yeah. Cannot deny that. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to be at the table next to the table of smokers because that f- smoke eventually makes its way to you. And I remember, I remember you would go into you know smoking sections and versus the non-smoking. Oh yeah, there's a smoking section of Wendy's. Wendy's is like <laughs> 600 square feet. And this is all were, before Alex's time. She's like, what are you yeah, doing? Why would you do this? Yeah. Thing? When you were young, uh, you would see the smoking section. Like, I'm not going in there. But then when you were older, I remember when I went to Georgetown, uh, the popular college hangout, the tombs, the upper part is smoking and the lower part is non-smoking. And even though I'm not a smoker per se, I always preferred upper part because that's where the action is. Like well, I'm yes. willing, I am risking secondhand smoke because I got to be where the action the is. debauchery. Yeah, I'm not going upstairs. bad over those, those squares down there. <laughs> well, now, now you may be more, more susceptible to secondhand Trump uh, yes. because Elon, Elon Musk still in his machinations of taking over Twitter says he would let him back on, which I think is the right call. The ACLU somewhat surprisingly in the right on this. Wow. Says, Says that, yeah, like, you know, he was a former, he's a former head of state. And no matter what you think of him, he's certainly less egregious than some of the heads of state that they have on Twitter oh, still. Like, from Iran. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I think that's the right call. I was impressed with the ACLU coming down on the correct side of that. Um, you know the, who else? Yeah. You know who else? Who else? Whoopi Goldberg wow. on The View says, like, Trump should, Trump should be let back on. Listen, Donald Trump wants to be on Twitter. If people want to listen to him, fine. Fine. Because that's what it is. That's where, where we have said to people, you have the right to say whatever you want to in this place. We've let it go. And when it suited us, it was fine. Well, and-, and when it doesn't suit us, it's a problem. Twitter is an, is an issue. Is it, because they, is it because they think that when he's not on, he does better? And well, he certainly does. They I need mean, him. They need it to be odd. So they have a punching bag. It's something to talk about on the news. I mean, I don't, I do think it serves the GOP and it serves him yeah. to be quieter, but that doesn't mean it's the right policy. Now, now I believe Elon Musk is not a fan of the lifetime ban, but if 
Trump does say something that's egregiously false, he would be like suspended. Is that what they think the plan? Yeah, he was talking through some of these issues. Look, again, these issues are not super simple, but as somebody eloquently said and succinctly said, and I can't remember who it was, the less you try to do, the more simple. Yes, right. right. Okay, so just like lay down the the real basics. But Musk was talking with somebody uh, recently and said that you know, something's egregiously wrong and bad. And I was like, I'm wrong and bad all the time. Right, right. But I do think if there's some sort of, if there's clear rules, some court, some sort of recourse, if you're yes. suspended and if you're not immediately yanked for life, those would be improvements. That's right. That's right. So, no, no. I mean, part of, part of the problem is there's no recourse. If you get yanked from Twitter, you're like, what, who do I reach out to? Nobody knows. Yeah. Is that, the bird that, that, in charge? Where's the bird? Can I talk yeah. to the bird? That the, the bluebird that that has me to your leader that that and that hasn't happened to you have not had any issue like this either I sharing anything warnings wrong and bad yeah well good <laughs> they're doing something right uh, we we hope we hope yeah. I am giving you a chance today chance me. of a lifetime Vic yes to talk about the mob in Vegas all right <laughs> okay yes so- it's in the news. Watery graves recall early Las Vegas organized crime days. I like that it's sort of like that's in the past. I'm not sure that's in the past. Uh, <laughs> story we just about, don't know. We don't see it. Just, yeah, stories about long departed Las Vegas organized crime figures are surfacing after a second set of unidentified human remains were revealed as the water level falls on drought stricken Lake Mead. The reservoir on the Colorado River is about a 30 minute drive from the mob founded Las Vegas Strip. There's no telling what we'll find in Lake Mead. Former Las Vegas mayor Oscar Goodman said Monday, it's not a bad place to dump a body. Okay. So what's interesting is, you know, I was recently in Vegas, mm-hmm. Sunny Bunch, and we were nowhere flying. near Lake Mead. Don't worry about it again. Oh, no, but the funny thing is, we were, we flew, I flew over Lake Mead. Mm. It is gorgeous from the air, the aerial, because, you know, people go kayaking and, you know, it's, it's all, you're sort of, it's all nature out there. It's really quite beautiful. And you can see it as you're on your way heading towards the airport. And it's funny that that is where, as it turns out, some people have decided to dispose of bodies. Now, my first concern is, could it have been an accident? A body fell in the barrel, but right, then right, it right. rolled into Lake Mead. That's possibility. The, the, um, these, these concrete shoes found their these way. These concrete the shoes found their way. That's right. So what they used to say, and I, I've read several books on organized crime, reviewed several books on organized crime. You know, there are, as they say in the movie, a casino, Martin Scorsese's book, you know, there's just a lot of bodies in the, you know, there's a lot of bodies. But if you have to do that, you're not just dumping them there. You got to dig a hole. I guess it would technically be easier to put a body in a barrel. Well, it says uh, find a way to sink it. This is a University of Nevada history professor. Uh, whose father dealt blackjack for decades at casinos, including the Stardust and Showboat. This is sounds like my hero. Sounds like my hero. If the lake goes down much farther, it's very possible we're going to have we're going to have some very interesting things surface. He also said, "I wouldn't bet the mortgage that we're going to solve who killed Bugsy Siegel." So, right. And uh, the former mayor also says he doesn't think it's Hotfa. So don't get yes. your hopes up too. That's high. right. No, I, I he was like they used to say he was underneath Giant Stadium, Jimmy Hoffa. Now it, it, it's funny, Bugsy Siegel, of course, because it was like nineteen, I think nineteen forty six when he had founded Las Vegas. You know, the stop on the way to the West Coast for servicemen, something to do. And he built the Flamingo, was killed. But, of course, Vegas lived on. And a huge chunk, by the way, of the strip was at the real estate was controlled for a while by Howard Hughes as well. 
And then Howard Hughes had a stint in Vegas. And of course, all the entertainers, Elvis was in Vegas and, and of course the Rat Pack and everything else. But I think it's great. It's a great story for me. It's not great that they're they're finding these stories. I think it's great that they're in discussion. You know, we might, we might, you know, some people might have some closure over this. No, that's Uh, true. That's true. Maybe not the two, the two sisters who reminiscent of the beginning of a, of a Dick Wolf show are, they are paddleboarding on the lake near a former marina resort and noticed bones on a newly surfaced sandbar more more than yeah. nine miles from the barrels. Yeah, that, that that's not from a uh, that's not from a wild animal. Those bones, yeah. uh, and it is also funny that uh, they quote, of course, Oscar, the former uh, mayor of Los Angeles, Las Vegas, uh, Oscar Goodman. He was also, and I think they mentioned this in the piece. He was Anthony Spilatro's lawyer as well. Anthony Spilatro was Mickey Santor Casino, played by Joe Pesci. So that is uh-huh. that, that is the connection. But that's you know that's the way business was done. Like the this is this is the pre pre-Steve Wynn era. Yes. Right? When casinos were controlled by these, you know, dark shadowy forces operating in places like Milwaukee, Kansas City, and Chicago. Because that's as close as the bosses could get to right. Vegas without being in Vegas. So it's true. Vegas is a truly amazing place. Just yes. In so many ways, but just the idea so many that someone saw that land and was like, you know what we should do? Yeah. Create a an oasis of debauchery here. Debauchery is the word of the day. Yeah. An oasis of debauchery here. Yes, there are no like resources and it's the desert. And it's like Death Valley. And it's know? not really it's, it's anywhere. Mah- it's like the Mojave <laughs> Desert. And this really, this is where it's truly a uh, you know, a monument to American will and capitalism and crime and all, all it, the things. It it really is now you've been to Vegas. Do you have a favorite place you like to stay? So I don't know that much about Vegas. And I actually have a couple of friends who love going to Vegas and I want to go with them so that they can teach me why, <laughs> because <laughs> neither of them, neither of them are, are big gamblers. So there's something else going on here. I don't mind Vegas. I like going if I get the chance. I stayed, I believe at the Bellagio the last time I went for 2016 or that's lovely. Debate. It's not great. It's lovely. Yeah. And I, I was over the big fountain. And oh, so I had a, yes. had a view. It was Lake, lovely. It was there, Lake Como. You know, the whole theme is like it's a, it's northern Italian. It's Lake Como, and they've yes. got the Murano crystal. You know, the, the 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 lighting fixtures inside, and it's 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 really very fancy. It was um, that was a lovely place, and I, I had this great view. I think I may have mentioned this before, but I was training for a marathon at the time, so I had to run on the strip. It was awful. It that, was yeah, awful. you get all those guys trying to give you those little nudie cards. Well, and that's. Running, jogging on the strip is not a thing that people see that often. They're like, what is this woman doing? No, there are other, there are other places, much like what? Much like, no, I was going to say, much like when I saw my husband standing in the bed last night, I was like, what are you doing? That's about the response that I got. Yeah, no, it's funny because most people, you know, you look at a map or you're looking on your phone, like, oh, we just got to get to this one casino. It's like two blocks away. That's like a mile in Vegas. You know, two blocks is like a mile. Paris, Las Vegas is great, by the way. And uh, but the Bellagio is great. Ah, they're all great casinos. Yeah, but I got I got it. I got to go with the gals on one of these trips and do some. I think there's some spas involved. There's some. Oh yeah, no, no, yes. Roof? Did you? What did you say? Rooftop bars? Rooftop pools and oh, rooftop pool. Yes, yes, that's that's right. And other kinds of clubs too. You'll find really interesting. Slightly. And there's a variety. Variety. Whatever you need is there. A variety of of of, of sapphires and gemstones. Oh my gosh! Kermit so rhinos. Oh, it's a it's a magical place. Okay. Kermit rhinos. Kermit rhinos. 
what else do we got? Okay, one quick uncanceled for us. Oh, yes. I'm just going to preemptively uncancel this guy. The Kentucky Derby winning horse, Rich Strike, who won in like one of the most amazing come from behind victories in any sport I've ever seen. 80 to one. 80 to one odds. Incredible. I had a friend who bet on him. Oh. I was like, slow clap, girl, slow clap. So his owner apparently stands accused of tweeting in response to another tweet several years ago. Yeah. <laughs> or not, maybe not, maybe maybe more recently than that. A dirty joke about Kamala Harris. You can't. And yeah. ESPN is on the case. Do you do you think that the execs at ESPN, we were watching the Kentucky Derby, they see these guys interviewed and they thought to themselves, Oh, these must be, you know, listen to them you know, with their uh, good old boy accents. Right, right. They must have some dirt. We need to find it. Is that how it worked? Well, that's what, that's what happens now. We surface the tweets. Yeah. You got to surface the tweets. And here's the thing. I just, I just so, so don't care about the owner of a derby winner horse and his tweets. And I say that as the charter member of the Kamala Harris fan club. That's right. Uh, and I would say it. If it was a lefty who had said something crazy on Twitter, your bad tweets don't change the fact that that was an amazing race. And that's basically all I want to know about. That would be a highlight <laughs> if they found out that he said it's something, you he know, said something nasty about, about, Trump. about Melania like, Trump. Oh, yeah. we've got to have her on the show. Oh, okay. Gosh. All right. But like, stop, stop wasting your time on this guys. Come on. Yeah. Come 80, on. 80 to 80 to one odds. Okay. My, my, my friend got a rich strike. Thanks to that one. What did she bet? Or he? I I don't know. I was too five shy bucks. To you got a five bucks here, like four hundred bucks. I don't right. know. She 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 made out like a bandit. Okay. I hope she doesn't have any bad tweets. They might be surfaced. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Inappropriate. Okay. Uh, so as you know, Mary Catherine, Alex, and I, we were at a funeral of our friend today, Ian Linquist. Ian, I just wanted to tell our listeners he was a great guy, an inspiration to uh, many of us. Bright, thoughtful my wife's boss, and he was a loving husband and father. He lost his battle with leukemia last week. So our thoughts and prayers go out to his wife, Kelly. There's seven kids. and He was 35. There is a GoFundMe page set up for the Linquist family. So go please check it out. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorita Mattis. Thanks so much for mentioning Ian and his wife, Kelly, and their kids. As somebody who has... Uh, yeah. Lost a spouse young and benefited from the generosity of many a stranger. I commend you, your the GoFundMe to all of you. If you if it's on your heart or if you pray about it and you'd like to help out, it can really make a huge difference to somebody who's in crisis. So thanks so much for mentioning that. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack, and I'm at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for being here. This is a nebulous media podcast. <laughs>